Good morning, this is Eileen Epps Hamilton and I'd like to welcome you to this session of Morning Reflections where we help you begin your day with God. Today we continue our topic of are we ready for revival? Are we ready for a revival? Although the actual word revival is not used in the Bible, there are many instances cited where revival or spiritual awakening occurred. Here are a few that you may want to jot down for your own personal study. Compare them with um, our current society and see if there are any similarities. Under Samuel, in 1 Samuel 7, 1 through 6, under Elijah, 1 Kings, 18, 17 through 40. So we see the prophets called for revival. Leadership in the Old Testament through the kings, they also would call for a revival. Under King Hezekiah, you will find in 2 Kings 18, 1 through 7. And then under King Josiah, 2 Kings 22 and 23 you'll see where the leadership called for revival. Revival is not new to the economy of God. The largest recorded revival occurred in Nineveh, where it is recorded that 120,000 souls repented and were saved from God's wrath. You'll find that in Jonah 3, 4 through 10. Revivals are often preceded by a major crisis that has occurred to a particular uh, nation. People's hearts have to be ready for this fertile seed of revival. How do we begin to prepare for revival? Not the evangelistic preaching event we discussed last week, but the opportunity to revive or bring back to those who have strayed from God. Last week, I shared my belief that we were in need of spiritual CPR. I have created an acrostic using the letters CPR to communicate how we can prepare for a revival. C. Confession. Readiness for a revival always begins with confession of sin. The people of Nineveh proclaimed a fast of which everyone must participate in, from the greatest of them to the least of them. It says, but every man and beast were to be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Let them turn every one from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. That's Jonah 3 and 8. The confession of sin begins the cleansing needed to bring sinners into right relationship with God. Confession recognizes the needs for change and the realization that the only true source of change is God. Confession is the place where the contrite and humble heart begins to submit to the will of God. P. Prayer. Prayer is the most powerful force God has given us to implement change. The city of Nineveh 
both man and beast, were covered with sackcloth, and they cried mightily to God. Prayer prior to revival prepares the way for the preaching of God's truth. God's truth defeats the lies of Satan and provides light to expose the darkness of sin. God's truth provides the way to safety and salvation. Satan will attempt to promote disbelief, doubt, and disruption. Intercessory prayer is needed for both guidance and protection. In James 5, 16, it's really true that the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. R. Repentance. Repentance requires two actions, the turning away from sin and the turning to God. The people of Nineveh turned from their evil ways. The turning away from sin begins with accepting Christ as both Savior and Lord. This is also true for self-identified Christians. Repentance should lead to transformed living, one of good works and one of service. So where does revival begin? I once heard a minister state that individuals should draw a circle on the ground and then step inside it. It is here that revival begins. Confession, prayer, and repentance. Revival starts with each of us. Are we ready for revival? That's it for today. I just thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please share this podcast with your friends and family, and I look forward to being with you next week on Morning Reflections. Thank you, and have a blessed week. Bye-bye.